for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Dun, 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 dun. What's up, guys? The power just went out again. Is this on? <laughs> Holy crap. It is on for me. Yeah, okay. Well, nice uh, to see you. Just in time. The recorder rebooted, so I hope that power surge didn't break our uh, recorder. That's fine. I'll just rip this audio out of the Hangout. No big deal. Uh, that just totally threw me off. It's Tuesday, June 18th, 2013. This is episode 86 of Attack of the Androids. Every week, Tuesday evening, attackoftheandroids.com slash live. Check it out. My name is Matt Lee. Joining me this evening, we got Eric F. on the Skypes. What's up, Eric? Happy new mic day, Matt Lee. You it's sound wonderful. like an angel, my friend. Like a Skypey angel, I'm sure. Like Madonna, like a virgin. You just... I wouldn't go that far. The beautiful thing. I would, it Nick is. Carroll. Also joining us, Nick Carroll. What's up, Nick? Hey, guys. Glad to be back. Glad to have you back. I'm going to log back into this thing. Uh, and so got Shane Brady back from a little hiatus. How you doing, Shane? Uh, doing pretty good. Glad to be back. Good to have you back. Uh, we should... All right, this thing's just about ready. Hold on. <laughs> Let me get my recorder back on. Oh, I'm going to be so sad if this computer is broken now. Uh, let's start things out with, uh, we had a lot of rumors coming out, uh, some some specification leaks for the Moto X phone. Uh, this one is the one I've kind of got my eye on because uh, Motorola tends to be out on Verizon, and I've always liked the Moto hardware. My very first Android device was a, a Droid, the OG Droid. And, uh, yeah, ever since, like, I went from that to the Droid X, and then I went to the Galaxy Nexus, and I missed the feel of the Droid X. Like, Motorola makes good hardware, so... Uh, I'm kind of sketched about the locked bootloader, but I hope that now, now that Google, you know, has it, it won't be. Um... It's got, what, the uh, 2 gigs of RAM, 720p touch, 1.7 gigahertz dual-core Qualcomm, the Snapdragon S4 Pro processor, uh, 16 gig storage, 10 megapixel cam, 2 in the front, and Android 4.2.2. What do you guys think? Uh, Eric, excited for this? Not, I'm not really. I was expecting something more extravagant. And awesome, Bigger. I guess. I it was sort of disappointing. This seems like this would be the super awesome secret phone from last year, not the super awesome secret phone of this year. I I don't. Maybe my expectations are too high, but I'm looking at this and thinking, okay, I would would I really would I really get this over, let's say, the Nexus Four, which is cheap. It's got a great display, good camera good processor and i mean storage wise 3 two, what 349 you can get the 16 gig storage edition cuz this thing's probably not going to have micro sd 
either. So I'm gonna need thirty. What's the benefit? I'm gonna need thirty-two gigs at least. And this kind of it sucks, but it goes back to what we said that we can't really shop by device. We have to shop by carrier. And so that's why for me, I'm looking at it because all I have is Verizon up here. So if I have they even said what carriers it's going to be on? Like I'm just guessing that's going to be on Verizon because that's they have the Motorola line, but. I don't they know. haven't said, said anything. anything right? I keep but look tra- at Google's track record. They're getting away from CDMA. Yeah, so. see, that's maybe it won't be. And see, I can't get a Nexus 4, so I'm still stuck on my GeneX. And the S4, it's like I don't really want another Samsung device. The HTC One is cool, but again, it's I don't want I don't want overlay. I just want a Nexus device. You know, I want nice hardware. I want in the shape of the GeneX, and I I want I want a right, Verizon. The HTC One Nexus One's coming out next week, though, right? The the HTC One Nexus Experience is coming out next week. Oh, right. But yeah, again, that's that's not a Verizon device, is it? That's going to be. Oh GSM. yeah, I, guess, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See that? No. What, Nick? Go ahead. Yeah, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. You're you're right. It'll be the other carriers, at least AT and T and uh, T Mobile. Right now, one. Nick, are you watching Verizon? Do you you're a Verizon no, customer? No, I'm on AT and T. I have oh, an Atrix tube, and I'm on AT and T. And my next phone will be on AT T. So. What what device are you looking for next? What, what do you got uh, your honestly, eye on? Honestly, the S four. Yeah. Uh, mostly because of the accessories. Um, like uh, I'd like to install it inside my Camaro, and I've got a uh, little section where, like, if I had a flip cover, I could just insert it in, and it would it would mount like in a second. So. I'm I'm really going for that because of the accessories. So, and I would get the actual Google Experience or Nexus Experience S4 personally. So yeah, you have to. And I, I almost wonder, like, if enough if enough people continually choose those Nexus Experience devices over the the standard you know manufacturer device, will that say something to the carriers or to the manufacturer that's like, yo, we don't want your crap. Take those resources and focus them elsewhere. And you know, let let, yeah, go ahead. I wonder if it could be a differentiator for HTC One because I've held. Have you guys held the HTC One? Any of you? No, I yes. have not yet. But in a in a local Best Buy, I held a. It was a demo unit, but it, it looked exactly like it. So it wasn't yeah. functional, so I couldn't play with it. But yeah. Yeah, I've got the. It's pretty amazing hardware for a phone. Like, uh, it really makes the Samsung Galaxy S4 look really cheap. Um. And if they, you know, if people want to buy this, so they're differentiating really on the hardware in my mind, not the software. I don't know that people get jazzed up about link feed. So I'm actually kind of in the market for a new phone because I need need a better camera. Um, The the camera on the Nexus 4, its limits uh, were very apparent um, back in May when stuff was happening. so I'm, I'm I'm trying to look at the Nexus, uh, the HTC One or the, the S4, and then the Moto X. But I gotta go with the one with the best camera right now. And unless they wow me with the camera next week, I'm probably gonna go with the HTC One because it's a and plus the HTC One is a 32 gig phone. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's another get. thing you gotta have at least. Yeah, and I'm gigs. actually now on T-Mobile and AT&T. I have an AT&T SIM because T-Mobile. Does just not seem like they're going to be pushing 3G or 4G where I live, um, or is AT&T is already 4G? So um, I'm going to test it on both networks, LTE. So 
I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of holding off on, on anything until the Moto X comes out, but the the leak specs were not all that inspiring, unless it has an amazing camera. Right. Um, in which case, you know, all bets are off because sure, it's not it's only a 720p device, but the iPhone 5 still isn't a true 720p device, you know, so. Plenty of people are happy with that. And a lot of I, I saw a lot of the comments were saying you maybe want a 720p because once you get up to 1080, it's going to start sucking battery really bad, and it's going to make your device lag possibly. It just seems like a useless use, <laughs> a useless use of resources um, on on a small device. I could see it's on a, a tablet. It's a law of diminishing returns. It's like exactly you know, the better resolution, but. Yeah, and I almost feel like a 720 is. I mean, using using the Nexus 10, like it's there's definitely a, vi- a visual difference and everything. But do I want that on my phone? Probably not. I don't. I'd rather have the battery, the extra battery life, than. Right. Than then anything. the Samsung S4, of course, is a non is a non. There's a removable battery, so you can you can stack on that. Whereas the HTC phone is enclosed, and I think people are assuming right. the Moto X will be a non-removable battery as well. No, the Moto. I I don't know. I haven't had a device since the Droid X, but that, both of mine were removable. Is the Razer yeah. the Razer's not right? The, the yeah, Max that's, HD. that's kind of what I was thinking. Is right. This is really a continuation of Motorola's existing pipeline from before they were bought by Google. So this phone is probably going to be more similar to the Razer than anything radically new. Yeah, I thought this was the first. I thought this was the first Motorola phone that was not in the pipeline when Google bought them. Is that incorrect? It is incorrect. I, well, at least from what I've read, I mean, from their own people have said this phone's not going to wow you. Right? A couple months ago, they said that, and it's been what a year since they closed. Is that about right? Yeah, probably yes. like a year and a half or so. Yeah, so I think this is still the old one. Is that I think a, we're there. Shane, do you think that's a trick, though? Because we always see all of this hype get built up around phones. And it gets hyped and hyped and hyped. And then unless the phone is anything short of God, like, it's everyone's let down. So if you come out and say, you know, we just made this device. We think it's cool, but it's nothing special. Then there's not going to be so much hype. So when it does come out, maybe it is a good phone, and everyone it will have exceeded expectations at that point. Maybe it's reverse yeah. psychology. Who knows? <laughs> I I hope, um, and I or or they they um they just focused on one great feature like the camera. Um, sure. And it probably I assume it's going to be the Nexus experience, right? I mean, Google's not going to let them put Moto Blur on that, I don't think. And that's that's the other thing I'm looking at is if it does, then I'll I'll find something else. <laughs> that and the the locked bootloader. But like I said, I assume there's a conversation on the Attack of the Androids Google Plus community where everyone should be hanging out in between shows, uh, but talking about that that like you know Motorola doesn't have the the best track record when it comes to that sort of thing and uh the guy that was he he said he feels kind of uncomfortable needing to use these exploits and vulnerabilities in order to get the phone bootloader unlocked and it's it, you know it's it's kind of off-putting i mean i've it i'm still on cm7 on that that thing but it yeah i can see where he's coming from but that's all right uh eric you were talking about this cpu id coming on Android via the Google Play Store, CPU-Z, a cool little uh, CPU monitor. Kind of reminds me of Jay Rummy's, um, what's that called, ROM toolbox, where he's got the overclock and all your processor uh, right here. The, 
the CPU controls and everything. Yeah, and what's what's sort of like irritating is that I this came out and I was like, sweet, I have an app pick, and then every Android news website started posting articles about it. Nice. And I'm like, damn it, damn it, damn it. Please don't, please don't do this. Please don't put it in the show. And then it became a show story. He actually, yeah. so, you can still use it as an app pick. It's all good, man. Yeah. Spoiler alert. This is my <laughs> app pick. Right. So is this uh, an actual overclocker? Or tell, tell me what this does exactly. No, it's, it's purely informational. Strictly monitor. But it's really, really cool. So, like, I'm looking at it right now. I have it open on my Nexus 4, and... It's telling me for so it has different sections: system on a chip, system battery sensors, etc. So, like on system on a chip, it's telling me I'm running a Snapdragon S4 Pro, uh, and it's telling me the CPU architecture, how many cores. It's showing me in real time, like the clock speed of each one of my cores, which is kind of cool. Um, the uh, the sensor, uh, the sensors piece, like it's all in real time. It's showing you what the accelerometer, gyroscope, light sensor, what all those are detecting at that moment. So yeah, your current temperature if you the fig- speed of all your cores, it's really nice. Yeah, and you have to think, like, if, if you just got a phone or, like, if you buy some weird no-name phone, maybe a Huawei phone, <laughs> Howie. if your name is Kelsey, <laughs> uh, Howie. Um, you, could, you, could, like, you could open this up and you could get really quickly... Um, all the information about uh, the hardware that is running inside of it. Yeah, if you guys are watching live, I'm screen sharing from the article. It shows a couple of the pictures from it, and it, yeah, man, that's awesome. It tells you everything. <laughs> so. I like how it tells you like how many nanometers, like like it's 28 <laughs> nanometers on on this Exynos Octa. Like, it, there's just a lot of really cool information. I like that this has yeah. uh, this has yeah. made its way to Android. That's way cool. So check that out in the Google Play and at the end of the show when Eric talks about it again for his epic. Yep, and I'm, we're just going to cut this and replay it. <laughs> cut and paste. Uh, let's see, what do you want to talk about next? The Ouya and Gadget had a hands-on Ouya that's actually optimistic. Uh, the only, what have we heard so far? Jeremy was kind of thumbs down on it. Uh, Shane, you have yours? Yep, uh, you, I have the brown special edition one. And your thumbs um, down on it, Peyton? You a hater? No, so there's there's only one thing about so the, the there's two issues I have with it. Obviously, the software's still still a little rough. There's still a little too much Android that pops in there. Like you can get at least in the the initial version I had, you like enter your network settings in two different places, or it made me do that. Um, when you buy stuff, it's still a little wonky. Um, like you buy stuff and then you have to install. It's like a two step process. Um, and the controller lag is real. Now, depending on the type of game you play, so the first game that I played and really got into was called Beast Boxing Turbo, which um, requires quick movements and, and all like that, and I found it uh, frustrating at times, because the game is tough anyway. I found it frustrating at some times when it wouldn't catch up. Now, I don't know if that's the game getting bogged down and things... Um, not catching up, but there was definitely lag when you press a button when you see a punch go. Uh, if they can figure that out, though, I, I mean, I think it's pretty promising. It's really small. I mean, I'm going to bring this with me. I got two trips in July. I'm going to take this with me to plug into the TV, the hotel room at, and play some games. Um, it's quiet. It's ch- cheap. Um, 
I'm pretty. I, I, it's not going to compete with the Xbox One or the PS4. It might compete with the uh, Wii U. I mean, for that type of gamer. I like the whole portable aspect of it. That's a really good idea if you're traveling or something and you want something. I mean, I guess you could have your tablet, but this is like, yo, let's play Mario Party or or whatever. Hey, uh, Shane, I had uh, watched a recent video on uh, on Techno Buffalo, uh, like John Forlaker's YouTube channel, where, like, Ashley Escada, she was talking about a recent update. Uh, it was, like, 1.04 to 1.05, like, that came out, has a few new sections. Do you know if, if uh, that's come out for, like, you or, or others or what? Uh, I got an update this morning. I don't know. I've gotten three updates since I bought it. Uh, it was this morning. The lag issue is still there. Okay. Everything else is, I mean, it's pretty stable. It doesn't I think maybe I cra- it crashed once or something happened. I'm not sure. Well, no, um, two of the new features of this latest update are like uh, there's a few new sections uh, in the the game menu. I don't know what you call it in the menu system that they have. And uh, there's also now a progress bar for let's say you download a new game. Uh, you'll get uh, a progress indicator. Whoa, who's echoing? Oh, hey, Jack, fashionably late. Put your headphones on. You got to put your headphones on, man. You're echoing terribly bad. Terribly bad. Now I think I've actually jammed jammed the Ouya up. One other thing that that I either read or watched a video on is um, when the Ouya comes out, it'll have slightly uh, modified controllers like the the holes for the buttons will be a little bit larger, so it'll prevent that kind of uh, jamming issue that came on the Kickstarter version controller. Yeah, I don't see. I haven't had any trouble. The controller's been fine. Um, it's just there's response time. Yeah. Um, so I think this is probably in a. I think this is a pretty good product. I think it's amazing that you consider that this came out of a Kickstarter. Yeah. And if they get the developers, it could be successful. I mean, that's really what's come down to. There's nothing wrong with the device that should prevent it from being popular. If it gets good games, and again, you gotta keep people in mind that this is—it's still developer pre-edition. It's like Google Glass; you can't just be like, "Well, it's wonky and it reboots, so it sucks." So, you know, thumbs down. But I hope they get all of these bugs worked out by uh, by the release. So, now, what games have you played aside from um, what is it, Beast Boxing or whatever? Beast Boxing. <laughs> That's all I want to play. Because it, because um, because it it requires quick responses. So everything you know, the other games, uh, I didn't think would would test the controller like I wanted to. But um, it's you know it's pretty it's pretty good. I mean, I think they did a good job getting on screen keyboard in there. I think I don't think it's that difficult to navigate around to find stuff. It's kind of like um, the original uh, Roku interface a little bit. So it's not bad. There's, but there's like there's actually a good amount of games on here. Uh, I, I mean to check out. Do you think? Well, I think it's good that yeah, go uh, they. It seems like the Ouya team. So they set up their little um, what do you call it? <laughs> like their their little non E three stand in the parking lot across the street from E three, and it sounds like they were showing off a the actual retail version, which maybe they just haven't pushed these changes to. Um, maybe they haven't pushed all these changes yet to all the uh, Kickstarter and dev kits um, because Gadget was saying that they that they said much of the perceived lag between input and action appears to have been resolved. So, yeah, I mean, I'm maybe... Seeing, I'm not seeing that. 
Wasn't there an update that just came out? Is that the one you're talking about, Eric? I don't know. They they really didn't talk about updates in this. They just said that when they were at E3, they they did a hands-on with the retail version and that um, the controller – so the actual hardware of the controller was changed and they liked it and that the um, – they said the UI has been cleaned up and sped up um, as well as uh, lag, input lag seems to have been mostly resolved. So it's possible that they just cut that up into chunks and have been, you know, deploying that to the Kickstarter and the dev kits um, over the, you know, two or three updates that Shane was talking about. Uh, so the next game that I do want to play, though, is called Oregon Trail. If you guys remember playing Oregon Trail on the Apple IIEs in elementary school, this is a zombified version of it. It's like Oregon. Same retro oh, graphics. Yeah, Oregon Trail, right? Like guts. Oregon Trail. <laughs> like your guts. That's awesome. Uh, Does everybody hate Final Fantasy? That is like the most fun game that I've no, played on the Eric, Uri. It's really nice. Eric, listen, it's an amazing game. We hate paying $15 for an Android game that originally came out a decade ago. That's... that's uh, uh, shut up. All right, uh, Jack. Get the emulator then. Bye. Okay, bye. Jack, welcome to Attack of the Androids. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm sorry I'm late. I had uh, some personal showing on. Hey, that's fine. No worries. So, uh, you an Android user, or tell tell us a little bit about yourself. You just found the show, and uh... yeah, about two weeks ago, I got a Samsung uh, Galaxy Tab Two Seven Inch, and uh, I just been exploring it, and I thought I'd get some information uh, other than just Google, and I found uh, this Hangout, and uh, I figured I'd pick up some tips and. Uh, you know, ask some questions and just listen in and contribute what I how little I know. <laughs> and so that's about I'm in Saint Petersburg, Florida. So you guys are talking about what, Ouya? Yeah, we it's were nine dollar uh, Android powered uh, game console. Awesome. Oh, I see. Hey, uh <laughs> let's welcome Seth also. What's up, Seth? How you doing? All right, good to see you, Seth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So I want to mention, uh, the other day I, I started noticing because I was out mountain biking and I was playing Ingress that way, and so I didn't have my phone plugged into my truck like I usually do. I noticed the battery was just literally like you could watch it drain. And when I first bought the phone, I immediately, like the same day, I bought an extended battery for it. So it's been, you know, almost two years now, and I found my original battery, the, the normal 1800 milliamp battery. So I put that in, and it's like the 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 old standard battery is better if it's never been used than the extended battery is having been used all this time. And I was like blown away at how how uh, long it is. So I just wanted to throw that out there. If you guys have like, I'm sure everyone's like, duh. But if you have an old battery and you still have the original one, and you never really used it, like, put it in, because it'll be so much better. Uh, and in the CyanogenMod mod, Matt and Eric, Android 4.3 update bet. Eric, are you with us? I am. Okay. So we're on... <laughs> What's up with that? We're on a... Eric is in another country, and he doesn't have very good internet, so it takes the packets a little longer to get to him. Uh, Eric, we're on RC5 now. How's Android 4.3 coming? Uh, you know what? There's a lot of rumors, as there always are. Um, we're still tracking a, uh, 
a probable Nexus 7 launch in July, and I would fully expect that that's going to have Android 4.3. So, given the Cyanogen mod track record, you probably have a good, you know, four or five more RC releases. I'm pretty sure I'm going to win this one. You're saying nine, and then we'll see a stable? Yeah, I think so. I think ten, because ten makes sense. Right. Ten, one, oh, come on. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, Seth, we kind of we didn't really do a phone of the moment, but we we're talking about uh, my my upgrades coming up soon, and the only device that I really had my eye on is this Moto X phone uh, that's supposed to be coming out. You have any thoughts on that before we continue? Forward? Well, first of all, good to be here, guys. Good to see you, Shane. Good to see everybody. Yeah, hey, Eric, welcome. Good to see you. Um, um, uh, you know, Matt, I obviously, I mean, there's. A, I'd say on the phone front, it's sort of boring at the moment, right? I mean, once the HTC, I mean, once the uh, Galaxy S4 dropped, uh, we're sort of in a holding pattern waiting for this Moto. Although there's been some rumors that that Motorola phone is actually going to be a mid-range phone. That just dropped, I think, yesterday or today that there's some leak. Yeah, well, Seth, check this out. We kind of talked about that, and I I brought up that what if it's reverse psychology and they're doing reverse hype so that... It, yeah, that doesn't seem very Googleish to me. <laughs> well, it doesn't phone, seem like And the Moto X is going to be something else. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I can imagine maybe. how that board meeting went. Okay, guys, we're going to do reverse hype. Reverse Let hype. Me explain this, to you. We, this is our reverse hype man. <laughs> Although, you know, what really does seem Google to me, like something that Google would do, is to release, you know, a mid-range phone that has, like, good enough specs, right, that can do everything you want to do uh, with, like, a high-end Qualcomm or something like that with LTE or whatever. And sell it for like two hundred bucks. That that I think could be a really interesting proposition, um, and that could be the X phone. Maybe I could see that happening, right? So, you people off contract are buying these Motorola phones for two hundred bucks, and they're almost as good as the S4, just all the junk or something like that. And so I could see that being sort of Motorola's game changer is trying to bring um, the price of these phones down from whatever seven hundred bucks off contract to you know two fifty or two forty nine or something like that. Um, and that's why those mid-range specs actually make some sense to me. Uh, if if that's sort of what you're thinking, the X phone is is not necessarily the new super phone. HTC One, Galaxy S4, they're doing the super phone. What Motorola might try to do is find like that perfect balance between uh, value and and performance. Which honestly is like, if you have a good running Android system, why do you need quad core, 1080p? I mean, there's, there comes a point where you're getting diminishing returns. 720p screen, dual core, one of the best dual core phones out there. It's like that can do everything Android can do at the moment. That can play all the games. That can run, and then if they can sell that for two fifty, three hundred bucks, two ninety nine, that seems like that's a really interesting proposition. Yeah, that's kind of what Nick was saying about you know once we brought up the fact that does it need to be ten eighty? Like you're going to burn well, battery, it's going to lag, and there's a point you get. Yeah, go ahead. Well, Nick. Think about this: LG isn't doing the Nexus phone anymore. What if Motorola makes not just you know the Moto X, but also makes you know the next. Nexus the phone. Moto Nexus. Coincidentally, it's the same hardware. That would be nice. And puts it so on you Verizon. Have, like, the Droid or whatever on Verizon, and then like order the Nexus version on it. You know, for AT and T and T Mobile. That's Matt, all. Just I... get the H... Matt. Get the HTC One when it comes to. Are you on Verizon? Yeah, yeah, that's what. I get the HTC One when it comes to Verizon later this summer, and then put Sanjin on it. That's like the perfect phone. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm looking at. So I'll see what's out at that time, because I do still have like a, a month or two, I think, before I get my upgrade, so, 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, is Ryzen really the only option? Like, there's no AT and T there. No. Well, AT and T came here in the last like two years, and they bought this the the only other little phone company that was GSM here, and it's not fast. It's not anything. It's like 3G basically. It's terrible. And their does Ryzen is, have LTE there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, LTT is not going to get LTE there for probably a while. No, not for a very long time. And that's why I'm kind of yeah. stuck. Like, I, I always say that, but I, I do have another choice, but not really, because I've been on LTE and I can't go back, you know. Well, where I live, the T-Mobile is only 2G where I live. That's why I have an AT&T SIM now. The One X mm. Edge network, or whatever <laughs> that was. It is Edge. That's nice. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Uh, this is an interesting article on Ars Technica talking to, uh, was it Steve Kondik from from Engine Mod. Uh, it starts out, it says, what if you could privately use an application and manage its permissions to keep ill-intending apps from accessing your data? Uh, and that's basically what Steve Kondik did. It's a, uh, it's basically, he says, I've added a per-application flag, which is exposed via a simple API. This flag can be used by content providers to decide if they should return a full or limited data set. In the implementation I'm working on, I'm using the flag to provide these privacy features in the base system. Uh, and it's basically incognito mode. You r- want to run incognito mode on your device. Uh, it says he'll return empty lists for contacts, calendar, browser, history, and messages. GPS will appear to always be disabled to the running application. Uh, when an app is running incognito, a quick panel item is displayed in order to turn it off easily, and uh, no fine-grained permission controls. As you saw in CM7, it's a single option available under application details. Uh, the API provides a simple uh, incognito call, which will tell you if incognito is enabled for the process or the calling process. Uh, Third-party applications can honor the feature using this API, or they can choose to display pictures of cats instead of running normally. <laughs> so that's pretty... makes sense. All standard things. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, though, right? I, I like it. So, it sounds like something so great. This that is Google saying that you can sort of like sandbox an app. Is that is that what I'm reading? That it. Yeah, you say, I want this app to be incognito. Well, let's, yeah, like say Facebook, for instance. Say it asks for your contact list. If you're running it in incognito, it'll just return an empty list to Facebook. It'll be like, yo, there's no contacts. Gotcha. So, yeah, kind of keeping, keeping privacy uh, in mind a little bit. Not that it matters with the whole uh, prism, <laughs> prism NSA. Do, do you have any thoughts on that, Shane? I, I thought that was can – you, can you comment on – I think, it's a, I think it's a great idea. I think it's something Google might slurp into their, their version. What is that? Hold on. Hold on. So you can turn a lot of that stuff off, location services, already. Um, totally, I guess. But per app is pretty cool. I... Sorry, something was, like, being weird and glitchy. Usually when yeah. I hear that, that's a phone, like, uh... Yeah, like interference from a phone, like a phone call going to a phone, even though it's like muted. Who's on DSL <laughs> and has a phone? Because <laughs> I don't have a landline. All right, Shane. The one I do like the idea of throwing back a empty contact list, because there's a lot of times where there are apps that I install where they want access to my contacts, where they have no reason to do it, other than like they say they're just going to share. Like if I want to share with my friends or something like that, and I have no idea, I just have to trust them. 
And so I'm, I'm excited about the idea to throw back an empty contact list. I think well, that's great. Seth, you remember when Path a while, and I mean other companies did, but remember when that came out that they were like taking your whole contact list? Like this would have right. basically prevented that. So it, it is cool. Good job, Mr. Kondik. Con- Kondike? Klondike? Kondik. <laughs> All right. Uh, we talked about a little bit uh, towards the end of last episode, the Mad Cat's Mojo. The uh, another Android gaming console. Uh, is there room for another one? Is the question in the dock? I'd say yeah. Is there? I mean, why not? I think it also depends on the specifications and you know how how it runs, how it looks, and as well as its price. But yeah, certainly. Right. So, what are the specs on it? I know the last article they didn't have any specs. So, do we have specs? Hard- hardware now? still isn't final, okay. but um, uh, they're basically still in negotiations for it. But uh, at the recent uh, E3, um, they were uh, giving out information on on the console. Uh, for example, like the the unit that they're the, like the developer unit that they're using is actually based off the of Tegra three, but. Um, well, and Nick, this this says unlike the Ouya or the Game Stick, which are the other two you know consoles we talked about, they say uh, expect the Mojo to ship with Nvidia's Tegra Four. The prototype. Ooh, oh, that's cool. They say the prototype they saw at E3 was running on Tegra Three, like you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but there's a promise to the consumers that it will be the most powerful Android console in existence when it launches this holiday. Also, that when it's released, it'll come out with the latest version of Android at the time. I'm not. I'm not convinced about this. I mean, look at look at the. Uh, you don't think? Look at the screen. Well, it. Okay, look at the screen. Uh, it is. It is Android. It's just pure Android. How are you going to control that? You're controlling that with, with a like a remote like a controller in your hand, a game controller. I don't. I just don't think that the experience is going to be that good because, it's it's not a good experience controlling stock Android um, without touch. Yeah. I, think we've, say, I think we've seen that with every other like Bluetooth weird thing that's control. come out. It's going to be controlled by that. Well, and, wait, uh, what, Nick? Latency. Say, oh, say, that, say that again. It's uh, supposedly going to be controlled by uh, Bluetooth 4, and uh, the latency is supposed to be at roughly 6 or, or 8 milliseconds, um, which is better. Like 16 milliseconds is uh, what you would get for if you're running at 60 frames a second, you divide that, you know, by 60, it's 16 milliseconds. What's less than that? It's less than a frame a second. It's the same uh, like uh, latency you get with the Xbox 360 controller or a PS3 controller. So supposedly, well, I'm that, not, that's... I'm not doubting that, but I mean, this is why, like, I actually think the Ouya, like their their decision to put a very simple overlay on top of Android was was a good idea because it's easier to navigate and to start a game. If you're like trying to use like a mouse with your analog control stick on your game controller to hit the apps button and then like simulate swipe to go through your apps, that's going to be horrible. Yeah, that that does kind of suck. But uh, <laughs> is there going to be a touchpad on the controller like the Ouya has? And I, didn't, I didn't know. It doesn't look like it. Honestly, they that's have a all picture they, of the controllers. That's all they would really need, or even almost something like on glass, where it's got that slide bar. If they put a part on the controller that you could just swipe back and forth, that'd be better than nothing. But uh, I, then, w- I would like to see screen mirroring. I would like to see like some yeah. good screen mirroring that you could just you could have your phone or your tablet, and you can use that. 
isn't the swipe the, through the game. Eric, isn't the shield going to do that? Am I... I don't know. I thought I read something that was. I don't know. It'll do it, yeah, from the shield to your, uh, to to your TV. display. Right, yeah, yeah. But not to your tablet or a phone. Only no. to a blank display. Uh, another piece on Engadget about the game stick, like we mentioned, uh, they're getting delayed until August now while they're waiting for user user interface feedback. <laughs> Come on, you guys. Tell us what you think about it, please. we got to release this thing. Have you guys seen any feedback feedback from actual people that have it yet? Whoa. (laughs) You guys are terrible tonight. What, Shane? (laughs) Uh, Or maybe they did get user feedback and it was terrible and they got to redo it. That might be it. What, Eric? I just wanted to know if anybody heard any feedback at all. I I haven't seen anything from anybody saying they have one of these devices. Right, right. Uh, it says it first appeared around the first of this year, promising its Kickstarter supporters an Android gaming console that looks more Roku streaming stick than Ouya. Uh, since then, GameStick has gathered its cash and started shipping out dev units, but its commercial release has already been delayed once, and the project is once again pushed back until August. So, uh, They say the reason for the delay is that the device's UI remains a work in progress and the team hasn't yet given backers who pledge $300 or more the chance to provide the feedback. So, <laughs> yeah, you have to actually send them something so that you can get feedback. I don't know if anyone maybe didn't get the memo. I mm. I don't know. So you're saying, you're wait, hold on, this is... Yeah, You're I know that there's a poorly managed, delayed Kickstarter. Right. <laughs> this is confusing. Wait, do you want it in red? Because <laughs> we're still figuring that out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, poop. That's great. Yeah, we should always mention for our listeners, Kickstarter is not a store. It's an investment. That's platform. true. That is a fantastic point. It just looks like a store. Right. <laughs> and you give it money. I mean... Whatever. So, you guys know I'm a big user of Google's all access music. I finally, my uh, free trial is done, so I'm actually now a paying member of uh, all access. Uh, I wrote an article about it over on Dell's tech page one at techpage1.com. Uh, but this article off of Android Authority says that Starbucks customers are going to be able to listen to Google's new all-access music service free of charge thanks to a new partnership between Google and Starbucks. This is kind of interesting, right? So if is this just for while you're in Starbucks you can listen, or is this, like, I, I mean, obviously that's how it would have to work, right? So if you're on their Wi-Fi mm-hmm. or whatever... If you're on their Wi-Fi, yeah. uh, It says uh, this new deal will allow Starbucks customers to stream unlimited songs, radio, and more from Google's recently launched all-access music service, which I must say is awesome, and you can get Matt Lee's Escape Goats and the Blame EP on there. <laughs> uh, this is in addition to the free Wi-Fi that Starbucks already offers the customers. Uh, this partnership isn't much of a surprise considering Apple has partnered with Starbucks in the past, Uh, Back in 07, Starbucks customers had the privilege of accessing a free iTunes Wi-Fi music library, which was limited to U.S. customers only. So, uh, Apple and Starbucks continue to offer free app and Song of the Week picks through physical cards in Starbucks stores. So... uh, This is cool. Because there are a lot of people that use Starbucks as their... Like, if, if they work from home, like, they'll use it as, like, their little office and they'll sit there and 
type away for hours on end. This this saves them what eight bucks a month. That's true, right? It's a, and it's a good way to get the sort of get the word out about um, you know, about Google uh, the Google Music the all access. Yeah, what were you gonna say, Shane? Shay, saying Shane. I always wonder if this was the first uh, music service you paid you paid for. Uh, Me personally, just because I've seen that a lot of people are saying that. Yeah, personally, this is the first one I've paid for, Same here. and I've used Google Music. Like I upload my own stuff to it, but it it's I think of it like I've lost hard drives before that had music on it to where like Spinrite couldn't even get them back. Like I mean, literally burned up, and it's. It's a sad thing. Like, I got a lot of that music from people that made it, and you can't find it. It's, I mean, I never listened to it every day, but I had it, you know? So this is yeah, kind of like, I, I pay 8 bucks a month to Netflix, so I don't have to keep all these movies on my hard drive that I watch. And then you. I keep, you know, all my music on Google, and if, you know, it... It, it just, it's awesome. And the eight bucks a month, like, I can put it on my device and then have it downloaded so I don't even need internet. I, I don't know. It works really well. I'm, I'm really impressed with it. Yeah, I'm loving it really uh, a lot as well. I got it, you know, the day it came out. And, uh, you know, this uh, is synced up to my car stereo, you know, through Bluetooth. And I basically just get in the car, start it up, and, and the last song I was listening to uh, starts up. That's awesome. And drive to work and same thing back. So it's like, really a month now really since it started and it, it just never stops so it's awesome yeah i just officially ditched spotify now there's no need for spotify if you're on google yeah not at all and i mean this again goes back to the argument that whichever ecosystem you're more in heavily invested in is where you're going to tend to stay like i you know, i'm not going to move all of this crap over to apple now <laughs> i mean there's no way yes yeah, i uh when i first tested this out i moved one of my like Spotify playlist, which had I maybe mean, 150 songs over to Google Play, and uh, or Google All Access, which is a terrible name. Um, I like it. Shut up. Seth. And you know there was maybe about six songs that didn't that they didn't have access to, you know, because it seems like the Spotify catalog is just a little bit bigger. But I went back and just checked like uh, two days ago to see if they had come, and almost all I think all of them at one had now been added to Google Play All Access. So it seems like they're continually adding more and more music. I'll tell you, out of all of the stuff I've searched and when, when my girlfriend's like, hey, try and find this, like nine times out of ten, it's on there. The only thing, Spose, I don't know if you guys listen to Spose, uh, that rapper, uh, he's on Twitter and so he's pretty cool, but he came out with the Peter Sparker uh, mixtape and I, I Google Play just because I have Spose in my library, it's like whenever new stuff comes out that it knows you like, it'll tell you, hey, this just dropped, ACL1 new album just came out, whatever. And so I, I get it, and I'm listening to it, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I see he's got it for free on his Bandcamp page, so I go over there. And the one on his Bandcamp page is the full mixtape. The one on Google Play was only, like, eight songs as an EP. So it does kind of suck if the artists aren't... I was like, he's like, why are you using Google Play? I'm like, that's where I go first. Why didn't you upload the whole thing there? <laughs> like, why? I don't know. It, it's kind of weird, but... It for for what it is, it is amazing. Uh, Jack, you use this at all? You use Google Play Music? Well, you know what? You know, you you talked about Spin Right. Uh, Man, I haven't heard yeah. that in a long time. I still got a copy of that. Spin Right's awesome. Do you use Google? I know it. Did. It was great. Do you use uh, Google Play All Access at all? No, I don't. Like like I said, I'm kind of new to this. The only thing um, 
Um, Jack, have you ever no. used any like? Have you ever been a subscriber to any like uh, streaming music service? You know, Pandora, uh, Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. Is it anything that you'd yeah. ever be interested in? Yes, I use um, Pandora, uh, but the music's I have on my hard drive. I I uh, I put it on an external hard drive, and I also upload it to uh, four sites. One is Just Cloud, uh, Four Shared, and. Uh, uh, the Google's Drive, but I think I like uh, either Just Cloud or ForShared the best because you know it's always going to be there, no matter what happens to my hard drive. Yeah, any of these cloud cloud services are are good. It's it almost I use um, I use a print cloud on my Android to print through my laptop to my my printer. Yeah, and it works great. Eric, uh, did you see this? We kind of talked about this on the Google Plus community for Attack of the Androids. Uh, piece on Android Authority about liquid-cooled smartphones uh, from Samsung, HTC, Apple, all supposedly coming later this year. Does that liquid-cooled in a smartphone, does that sound like a good idea? That I don't, I don't know. know. Something don't sounds so stupid. Something rubs well, me the wrong way about that. From what I understand, it's basically uh, you get like a heat sink kind of deal. Right, it's a radiator. Yeah, yeah, the water's just inside, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, you ever heard of Alienware? Yeah, yeah. Alienware has a liquid cooling system in it too, and it's in the base of the case. Right, but I that's for something that's stationary. Like It just yeah, doesn't I seem know. like something that's in your pocket sloshing around. I, I don't know. <laughs> liquid and electronics, not so yeah, much. Yeah. Uh, you just hear that's a good idea. Oh, sorry, that's my phone. Yeah, Excuse right. Me. Overheating. I gotta pour more antifreeze <laughs> in the frickin' radiator. Hold on. Yeah. Like, what are you well, doing this... with your device that's getting that hot? Besides leaving it in the car dock in your sun, in the sun. You know, other than that, I don't. The idea here is that it'd be replacing the like. I think currently they use um, like foil to to dissipate heat. I think sort of like a heat sink. So. Okay. They're they're thinking oh well maybe this is a way to I'm I'm guessing either make it cheaper or be able to squeeze into the same you know thin uh, thin area. It just seems like it, this seems like an idea that I don't want to be an early adopter of. Right, I'll wait for Rev two. And uh, you're right, yeah. it, they they say the uh, the conventional method uses graphite foil sheets, uh, and that has deemed to be unfit for the needs of the modern smartphone. As such, the use of heat pipes is seen as a worthy alternative, especially as the use of 4G LTE connectivity becomes more and more common. What does 4G have to do with, like, does that sense, uh, does that antenna get hot? Like, more hot than a 3G? Uh, I don't know, that seems... <laughs> why are yeah. you comparing the, Yeah, the, the radios can... Get pretty Does hot. it get I mean, warmer than normal? Like to where you need it liquid cooled? Well, it's just another heat source. If you can eliminate right, it, okay. it'll save battery and wear and So if you have a GPU that's going and the CPU that's going and your LTE that's going, this would And you're overclocking, of course. And you're overclocking and you have it on performance mode, so it's always at the max. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, it says heat pipes would provide a passive cooling solution for smartphones and might also make way for more efficient phone designs. Uh, the key to making this all work lies in finding the right liquid coolant and fitting all of it inside heat pipes that are just the right size 
for the modern handset. Does this mean we're gonna have vents on our phones? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, hey, don't touch have steampunk phones. Yeah, oh, this right. Is, <laughs> this is like Microsoft's tablets. Yeah. Right, because they have vents all over their tablets. Huh. <laughs> it reminds me of my first Alienware laptop that had like a three gig processor desktop, and it had two giant desktop fans in it. And when that thing turned on, it was like so loud, and it, it got hot and overheated, and I had to send it back. Those are about three or four grand a piece. Yeah, got my money back because it was a giant pile of crap. Ended up yeah, buying two know, computers. They're major in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. They say heat pipe cooling technology is already in use. Many of today's modern computers, possibly even the one you are reading this article on right now. Uh, no. Uh, if that's a laptop or desktop computer, but physical limitations such as the fact that most manufacturers fail in making a heat pipe that's smaller than three millimeter in diameter prevent their widespread use in smaller devices like your tablets and smartphones. But NEC has successfully crafted pipes that measure 0.6 millimeters thick in diameter, uh, but so far their use is limited to just the Medias X06E that was introduced last month. Did any of you guys see that? The Medias X06E? <laughs> I, no, I saw pictures it. of it. I mean, it looks... It looks kind of bad, especially like they have the little, uh, you know, you know that trend where people will have like little charms for their phones that oh, go in the headphone jack. Uh huh. So like the picture, it's like a pink phone. It's got a little pink with a fake diamond in there. That's pink. It's like it, you myspacified your phone. It's <laughs> awesome. Oh, it's it's nasty. It's bedazzled. Um, yeah, I. This is not. It's neat. It's a neat. It's neat to explore this sort of thing, but I'm just I'm imagining the first time because I drop my phone a lot. So the first time it drops the wrong way and I hear that faint sizzle and pop, I'm or not it be gets happy. it gets all over you and burns your lap like that old lady at McDonald's with the coffee. Like you spill your smartphone and it just burns third degree burn. Oh wow! Yep, uh, I'm I'm ordering ten of these. This right. sounds like a good investment. All right, uh, before we do app picks, uh, the humble bundle six is out or almost out is it out it is out. it's out yeah get out there purchase it 14 it. days 20 hours 49 minutes 21 seconds left no 13 days 20 hours 49 minutes 16 seconds actually uh but yeah humble bundle six good stuff check it out supporting an organ trail is in there the yeah. director's cut nice so some of the and some of the games that we've reviewed on the show like broken sword that's in there uh and you know it's still early so people are still being cheap bastards you can uh you can like get the entire like you know unlock everything right now for if you buy it for $4.68. So you have that. It's cheap. And if That's you yeah, do that. And then go buy then go buy a scapegoats on Google Play Music. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> I was thinking of what to say. I was like, crap. What do All I right. Do? Uh let's see. What is this? What is this? Oh, unofficial Google Play Games plugin for the Unity 3D. Eric, is that is it true? Oh, yeah. This is uh, so the Unity the Unity um, engine and and uh, an app that goes with it. Um, it's the popular uh, game making app for iOS and Android. Um, people use that as their. It's not an app. It's it's their IDE basically. It's the um, engine. There, it's the engine that nice. runs. And it makes it to where you can write the game once and you can hit both platforms uh, relatively easily. Um, so what this plugin does 
And this plugin has existed for the iOS Game Center before, right. um, but they've recently added in support for the Google um, what are the Google Play Games services. Sweet Jesus, you need to hire me, Google, because these names are horrible. Um, <laughs> but they uh, using the plugin, you can you can very easily add uh, support for cloud saving achievements, leaderboard, and uh, sign in to your games, which is is really cool. Um, it, it it adds a whole lot of features and saves you the time and the hassle of coding it yourself. And Shane, do you, Shane, are you familiar with Unity? Did I did I explain Unity right? I haven't used it, but I've looked at I've looked I looked at it when it was still like a thousand dollars for a license. It seemed like it was it was a game engine and it was an IDE. Perfect. Hey Matt, did we get disconnected? Did we, did we lose them? Oh, we oh. did. <laughs> oh crap. Okay, hold on. Sorry, Eric. Dun 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 What the hell? Facebook's down. Google's down. Is this hangout gonna restart? Okay, Matt and Eric. Matt and Eric are back. Right? Are we good now? Yep. Man, what a mess. Google Plus was like down for the count. So. Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, we were filling. <laughs> Good. Filling for the live listeners. Good deal. Way to... I think it's about time for an app pick. Yeah. Don't you? I, I think that sounds about right. App picks. Eric, start us off. Well, Matt, my app pick is CPU-Z. And CPU-Z allows you to look at very many interesting things. Is like this a how many callback? cores you have. Is this a callback? It is a callback. Nice. Okay, so just hit rewind. Go. I think it's like around time code 10 Were minutes. we recording while that happened? <laughs> yep. So uh, check that out, and uh, you can find out how many nanometers, uh, you, you know, in between your, your things on your processor. That's Is it. that the technical uh, term? Yeah, it's it's a, it's the distance between the things on the, your processor. The things. Oh. What are the things called? Those. I'm things. blanking. No, I know the things. Guys, the cores. You guys suck. You're the worst nerds ever. The cores You're supposed to help me. It's not the cores. What are you talking about? The filament. The different processes, like they shoot back and forth, and there's a distance. The synapse. So, yes. Let's about? go with that. Synapses. Shane. Transistors. Shane, give us an app pick. All right. So that what the, this one is called Forever Gone. And it has all it really does is, and it has to, um, it fills the rest of your space on your SD card or your phone with blank files, and then deletes them. Nice. So the reason you would do this is it would if you had files that were deleted and you didn't want them um, ever shown like ever like recovered that that won't happen. It's like security race on the on a regular hard drive where it rewrites random noise over and over again. Yep. Yep. I guess you don't have to be as fine on a, on a SD card. Right. But the second reason you run this is on on phones uh, and tablets like the Nexus 7, the Galaxy Nexus. Supposedly, a lot of people have had success with this. Whatever it does has the side effect of cleaning out cruft in your Android OS and speeds up the operating system. And so... If you have an like a year old device, maybe it has a lot of files on the SD card, or had a lot of files, and it's running slow. Run this, and you might get a speed boost. Nice. 
a more legitimate speed boost than using cedar? <laughs> I have no idea what that is, but uh, probably so because this this is not even an intended use of the app. This is the side effect that they don't advertise. Ah, okay. Eric had to go. Bye, Eric. Okay, Eric left. Bye, Eric. Bye, Eric. <laughs> All right. Uh, app pick. Seth, do you have an app pick? I don't know if you guys ever chosen this or not. Who cares? But uh, you know the one. If you bought the humble bundle, one of them, one of the apps in there is Broken Sword. I think is what it's called, right? Broken Sword. And then right now. Uh, Broken Sword 2, the sequel that is actually on sale uh, in the Play Store for 99 cents, normally 4 bucks. So uh, I played Broken Sword 1, or I mean, not, I haven't finished it, but I played maybe an hour of it. It was pretty fun for what it is. If you sort of like an old King's, King's Quest type adventure game. Um, and they say King, they say Broken Sword 2 is like just as good. So if you like Broken Sword 1, uh, 99 cents today, Broken Sword 2. Good, good, good game. Nice. Nick? Got an app pick? Yes, uh, this one's uh, a uh, really more of a uh, widget. It's uh, called Power Toggles. I'm not even sure we can get this on the screen the way it looks, but I'll move on to the next next screen. But basically, it's a set of widgets. You can uh, like uh, toggles, and you can uh, toggle things like you know brightness, Wi-Fi, and there's like over 40 different uh, toggles you can use for this. So. This is what I use. I have a phone that doesn't have, you know, the latest version of Jelly Bean. It only has a handful of toggles on it. But this allows me to uh, to do um, a lot of different ones. So eh, power toggles, it's free. Nice. It looks like the the uh, CM toggles. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, all right, Jack. Do you do you have an app pick? You got an app you've been digging on? Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem. <laughs> <laughs> is that out really? Oh man, that's old school. Is it on Android? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, give us an Android app pick, smartass. <laughs> I don't have one, smartass. Okay. All right. No, I don't know. I'm still new, man. I'm just listening. Okay. Hey, listen, let me. I got a question. Okay. Can I put a thirty, uh, a thirty-two, uh, sixty-four megabyte card in my Android? Does that Android have a card slot? Yeah, I got a 32 in it now, but I'm wondering. Well, what model is it? It should go up to 64. Really? Yeah. Many of the current ones released today do do uh, go up to 64. What what model is it offhand? It's a GT3113. It's the Galaxy Tab 2, seven inch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'll do. That should right. See, I thought that I thought there was uh, you could only go up to 32. Uh, 32 megabytes, but if I can put a 64 in it... Gigabytes. Yeah. All right, here's my app pick. It's from Despicable Me. Do you guys remember these guys? The Minions? I'll tell you what, this is the best game ever. It's kind of a mix between Temple Run, and you can do your little minion guy there, and all sorts of fun stuff. It's by Gameloft. So you know it's fun, and it's got mad five stars in the Play Store. And everyone loves the Minions, and Despicable Me 2's coming out. Or is it out? It's coming out. Love that movie. So there you go. Check it. Uh, anything else? Was there anything, Seth, you wanted to, to mention? Or good? Just good to be back. Good to have you back. All right. Uh, Jack, thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank Nick, you. Nick and Shane, as always, on behalf of Eric... 
You can email us at show at attackoftheandroids.com and leave us a message at 406-204-4687. Make sure you hang out with us throughout the week on the Google Plus community. And we got a Facebook page and a Twitter account, but more importantly, the Google Plus community. Because Facebook was down before we started the show. <laughs> it was, like, gone. So, All right. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next Tuesday, and we'll see you tomorrow for yet another tech show. Have a good night. Goodbye. <laughs> It's attack us. The Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids.com.